Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London, Ben in LA and Andy in San Fran. Matt, what was your football highlight of Game Week 9? Um, my football highlight was the thing that didn't happen. It was the, the 40 versus Liverpool when Pritchard scored a perfectly onside goal, which was cruelly disallowed, thereby denying my gut punt coming off. That was your highlight. Was your gut punt failing? I, it would have been so good if it had come off, but it was. It was. It. it, it he actually scored a legitimate goal. Highlights, and it was onside. <laughs> I feel sorry. For, yeah, I still quite feel quite quite sorry for Huddersfield. I'm sure they care a lot more than I do. But um, <laughs> I was. <laughs> I, and that 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 gut punt was so gutsy. And so punty because you thought about it in about two seconds and just went eeny, meeny, miny, mo Pritchard. Well, I I had the background that I think Huddersfield at least had been playing better than their form suggests. So I thought maybe maybe the tide will turn against Liverpool, and they almost made it happen. Like they they gave Liverpool a lot of trouble. He scored a legal goal, as far as I think. Um, I might be quite biased, but he looked like looked on side to me, and they should have got a result. Yeah, I mean, your predictions this week, apart from that one, which was close, apart from the disallowed goal, have, have come up pretty well. Like, Andy, do you, do you want to mention as your highlight of the week, Cenk Tosin, by any chance? Who? Cenk Tosin? <laughs> no, I... <laughs> no, I... I uh, well, he... Uh, actually, he seems to be a... Uh, I don't know who started this, but he seems to be trolling me now because my my football highlight of the week this week was um, was Connor Wickham coming back after two years out with an injury, which I thought was a really like amazing, heartwarming moment. It's completely overshadowed by James Thompson scoring a goal. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like even now, like <laughs> everything that he does seems to be like somehow designed to do, to to annoy me now. So I am looking forward to having a long standing war with with James Thompson now that Michael Carrick's retired. It's good to see him finding good form, that Cenk Tossum. <laughs> yeah. I was... he, once he scored, as soon as he scored, he looked good. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Like, I've never, I haven't seen that in him before. It just sort of looked like, a, even before he came on, and the first thing he did was put this lunging tackle in that looked like he was trying to take out Kurt Zuma's knees, but was so far away from Kurt Zuma that he failed. Um, and then he scored and suddenly looked like a real player. Wow, he even tried to flick the ball over someone at one point in the penalty area. It didn't work, but you know, <laughs> he was trying. <laughs> It'd be so good if he if if he scores one more goal than Tosin this season, and uh, yeah, proves Andy wrong entirely. It'd be very very satisfying. Well, he's still a goal behind and so far, so uh, I'm I'm alright for now. For the moment, for the moment. Ben, what was your football highlight of the week? Uh, mine was probably uh, highlight and low light combined. Is I thought highlight Anthony Martial looked really good for United. Scored two goals um, against Chelsea, and as a United fan, um, good to see him doing well. When it's always been kind of rumored that he's about to leave at any moment. Um, low light was obviously conceding right at the end because I think a win against Chelsea would have been a big turning point in our season. Um, 
But then all the fight and the kickoff with Mourinho, that was quite interesting. That, that well. was so annoying because Mourinho had the perfect get-out clause for the narrative of saying, oh, man, you've lost it in the last minute. This guy, this guy comes over to him and is basically like, take this, use this to completely deflect attention away from the last minute equaliser. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of funny, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, we all... Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought... Because <laughs> um, it's something that you could see Mourinho doing like 10 years ago to someone else. So, I don't know. I yeah, like the knee slide at Old Trafford. The knee slide, yeah. The knee slide. Legendary knee slide. <laughs> nice one. I like it. Yeah, Martial. If he could just keep his place in that team, he would be a great option. Um. My my highlight of the week was um, Roberto Pereira's finish. Um, I just thought it was absolutely beautiful against Wolves. Um, ben called it that Wolves should watch out for Watford. And yeah, two goals in, in the space of a minute. And Pereira's finish with the outside of his left foot. They were saying on match of the day, he's actually right-footed. But the way he hit it and the way it kind of just kept on rising as it hit the net with a bit of kind of curve, it was just awesome such a classy player it's only it's only a highlight for you Duncan because you have no Wolves defenders I have one but I didn't play (laughs) because of your (laughs) I was I was like fuck (laughs) nice one okay well um, moving on to the our game weeks top of the pile this week is Matt it's a match would you want to (laughs) <laughs> game week. Um, well, I, I have an achingly template team, so it's amazing that it's managed to make so much ground on, on. Uh, well, overtake yourself, Duncan, and catch up with Ben. But I guess the differentials came in for me in my team this week. So Matt Ryan has uh, followed up his nine points last week with eleven points this week. Um, so that was pretty sweet, sweet watching. Um, Again, I think that was quite late on a match of the day, but I stayed up to watch that one. I was enjoying every little save against John Joe Shelby. Um, and then Trippier got a clean sheet. Robertson, eight points. Um, he's been pretty good in recent weeks, um, unlike the risky uh, Trent Alexander-Arndall who's been dropped recently. Um, Salah, eight points. And then Aguero got a goal and before being subbed off in the 65 minutes. But he probably should have got more in many ways. Um, but yeah, yeah, and everyone else just basically got one point. So Doherty, Alonso, Hazard. Um, it was sort of an unusual week where other players did really well or, or did nothing. Yeah, and so ending with 56 points, which is at the moment, it's, it's 20 points over the average. I'm sure that'll come down with the Everton game and the Monday night game, but still a really big score in comparison to the average this week. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, I mean, Matt Ryan's 11 points has a lot to do with that. But um, it's just the, the little decisions like having Robertson instead of Alexander-Arnold, not selling Salah off yet, um, happened to come off this week, um, even though that wasn't really the main thinking going into the game week from everyone, thinking about their transfer strategies. Is there, are there any areas you need to start thinking about with your team? Do you think this is going to keep going or there are areas you need to change? Um, I mean, we'll come on to some of my transfers later. Uh, certainly, the defence has been really, really good for me the last few weeks. So I've got Alonso, Doherty, Robertson and Trippier. Um, 
but Trippier's fixture is about to come more difficult and Benjamin Mendy is, is looking really, really good now he's back from injury. Um, so maybe rotating the defence a bit might be on the cards. Um, and then Mitrovic is ticking over with, uh, like, he got an assist in the last week, but he's, he's not scored, like, he for a few weeks now. Um, so I might be thinking about moving him on to someone else soon. Okay. Yeah. But a good week all in all. Next up is is Ben. Um how was your game week, Ben? Um, I think it was about average, so I got thirty eight points. Um all my scorers were similar to Matt, so Trippier, Salah, Aguero. Um the big problems right now is uh Trent, who I got I think two or three weeks ago because he had played the first seven games and I needed the money. That's looking like a bit of a mistake that I think I need to fix. Um, looks like he's been legitimately dropped for Gomez. Gomez at right back and Lovren at centre back. Um, I thought because against City that um, they, they lined up that way because you know City are really attacking. But I mean... Same same team sheet for Huddersfield, so I probably need to get rid of Trent pretty soon. I actually have Matt Ryan and Patricio, so today, this week I made the wrong choice. Um, but I think I I think it was pretty much a toss up. Um, Patricio against Watford at home. Ryan was away. I normally go with the home home goalkeeper, um, but I think next week I might play Matt Ryan just to block <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> um, even though even though I'm actually not sure, I mean they both play each other next week, so I need to listen to the fixture preview coming up to figure out what to do. But um, yeah, I think above that, uh, I think on average I would have wanted to play Matt Ryan, but I don't think I would have made that decision um, even if in hindsight. Yeah, so, yeah. average game week, not too bad. Um, yeah, next up is me. I think I'm slightly below average this week. I'm on 35 points. I also took a hit, so really 31 points. Um, I brought back Aguero and captained him, but um, I just I didn't think that Zaha was going to start, and I thought that he was a problem area on my team because his fixtures were about to turn rough. Um, and I brought in Arnautovic instead slightly early before his fixtures swing completely, but I... I I just fancied West Ham attack against um, Spurs. I thought they might be able to do something, and I was I was wrong about that, which was a shame. Watching Zaha against Everton was quite painful, especially when they got the penalty from um, Zaha being tackled in the box. And I was thinking, oh no, this is really going to come back and bite me. But luckily, they missed it. Pickford saved Pick- you. Yeah. He did. Save you. He did save me. He saved my bacon. Um, Apart from that, yeah, I've got the similar problem with Trent Alexander-Arnold. I've had him since the start of the season, so he's done well for me. I'm I'm a bit sad to let him go, but um, yeah, you, you can't really have a player just not playing those games or you're not knowing if he's going to play or not. So either him or Trippier. It's, it feels a bit weird to be thinking about getting rid of Trippier and the obvious replacement being Mendy, but then both playing each other in the next fixture. It, it feels a bit strange, especially when Spurs are at home. So, um, yeah, I'm maybe looking to move 
um, Trent out just so I can definitely get someone in for that Cardiff, Cardiff fixture for Liverpool. Um, but yeah, Red Arrow I'm expecting this week. I'm out of the top 10,000, which is gutting. Um, uh, yeah, I just I think I need to hopefully try and rely on my differentials. So hopefully Arnautovic will start coming off for me. And maybe Fabianski can start getting some save points, penalty saves, something like that. That would really help me out because otherwise I think I'm going to have to switch Fabianski to Matt Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) I would Um, would say about Matt Ryan that he'd done several weeks of absolutely nothing. So two weeks of him doing well does not necessarily mean he's gone for some good form. It just means he's had two weeks out of the blue where he got lots of points. Yeah, and, and his his form changed at this exact moment when the fixtures changed. And the fixtures haven't quite changed yet for West Ham, so I have to hold off a bit, be patient. Yeah, uh, the other four and a half keepers also look like over... I mean, Patricio versus Ryan over like the last four or five weeks, since I played my wild card, uh, probably scored about the same number of points, just that Ryan's all came in the last two weeks. Um, so it's, it's, it's still a, a difficult one to choose goalkeepers at the moment. Yeah, true. Um, next up is Andy. How was your game week, Andy? I had one of those game weeks that you sit awake at night having nightmares about on Friday night. <laughs> it was bad. Um, I have currently 18 points um, with 10 of my players having played. Um, the good news is uh, with Rico and Alexander-Arnold having not played, Fraser and Kennedy come in and eat five more points. But I took a transfer hit, so I'm also like getting minus four points, which takes me. So I'm hoping for um, 30 odd points for Lacazette tomorrow to save my week. Um, <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> I had uh, Patricio and Doherty, so obviously one point each for those. Alonso, one point. Hazard as captain, another mistake. Um, six... I was really hoping that um, Everton would do something today, and I thought, well, obviously they're centre forward and they're number 10. But anything then they'll be involved nope they got three points each Wilson but even got a yellow card got one point um so Guero is the only player I have that really did anything and got six points for me I'm having a pretty bad week especially after a few good weeks recently as well where I was catching you guys up but this is pretty disappointing um so I don't know where I where I stand now really there's a few players in here that I could be looking at as problems now but I think I don't want to overreact like Alexander Arnold you've all heard it's a problem I don't see that he really did anything wrong to get dropped. So, given that they've got some easier fixtures coming up now, Liverpool, I've, I'm, I'm giving him. A, I'm not going to transfer him out this week and give him some more time, because um, I, I kind of think hope that he might come back into the team. Rico seems to be dropped as well, so that was a. Uh, I mean, it's a cheap transfer, but doesn't look like a great one. Uh, so they're, they're both issues in my team. I do have three three point nine million to spend, so I can afford to fix them, but. Um, I kind of want to use those to get Kevin De Bruyne in, which I might not be able to see. Sorry, so you're saying Trent, you're going to keep, and what were the areas you're thinking about changing? Well, Rico isn't playing, so he's a problem. Um, Newcastle looked pretty dreadful this week again, so Kennedy might not be the inspired signing that I thought he was. And I have... 3.9 3.9 million in the bank, which I was hoping to use to bring in Kevin De Bruyne. But now that I've got all three problem players in my team, I'm not sure whether I want to do that anymore. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it more in, in 
um, when we come to transfers in the end. But that that sounds like a bit of a, a bit of a differential gamble at the moment when maybe you you need someone who's definitely going to play. Yeah, I mean, my my differential gambles have, pl- have paid off pretty well for the last three weeks in a row. Um, so I haven't. I don't want to like overreact to one game week just because it's a particularly awful game week. Um, so I'm not going to do anything today. We'll wait and see. That's the key in this game, isn't it? Not trying to overreact when it goes badly. Yeah, not starting hammering it with the hits. Yeah. And um, okay. So next up, we're going to do a, a quick discussion point, which is um, one from Andy. Ben, you you coined the term RAM. I don't know if you coined it or if you saw it somewhere else, but I've seen it in a few other places on Twitter now. Um, is it time to go back to RAM? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it as RAM or ARM. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think RAM is better, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think Robertson definitely a keeper. Um, and I think that's one of the big reasons Matt has kind of caught us up over Trent is he's had Robertson and Liverpool's run looks really solid. Um, so I'd be happy with Robertson. Alonso I've kept in my team. Um, they have Burnley and Palace next. So I'd be pretty happy with Alonso. He doesn't look like he's um, attacking as much recently, but I think their fixtures have been... Um, a little bit more difficult last couple. So it'll be interesting to see how he does against Burnley. Hopefully he gets more attacking again. And then uh, Mendy coming back um, with the assist and I think three bonus this week. So looks like Mendy's back. Um, so he's definitely something I'm thinking longer term, but maybe not straight away for Spurs away. Um they have Spurs away, then Southampton at home, then Man United at home, and then I think they have some easier fixtures. So I think definitely think about Mendy longer term. It's just really expensive to get the Ram right now. So I don't think I can afford it. Um, but if I could, I, I would want it. Don't know what I you think, think. Um, with Alonso, just in terms of the eye test this week, I thought he looked really attacking. There were a few times when he... Just slightly miscontrolled when he was, you know, the furthest player forward and the ball was played over the top to him. He would have been in on goal. And there were a few other occasions where he was the furthest man forward. I thought just if he keeps on getting in those positions, I think he, he will see more more returns. And like you said, with the fixtures, they're looking good. So, yeah, I, I think stick with him, to be honest. Alonso last season went several games in a row without doing anything. But then he... Every so often he explodes of some really high-scoring games. He'll do it like two or three fixtures in a row. So he's a difficult one, but he gets the points over over the course of the season. I just I'm not sure if we can keep doing what has been done a little bit in my team, and I've seen it in a few other teams where people kind of switch between them. Um, so sometimes they'll have Robertson, sometimes they'll have Alonso. They might, you know, people got rid of Mendy to get back him in. I, I think their prices are keeping going up and up and up. And at some point, you just have to stick with the ones you've got because otherwise you're going to keep losing money and keep spending more money to get them back in. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you, I think that's the thing, though, with, with wing-backs. You can't predict when those points will come in very easily, but as long as you stick with one of them, you know they'll come in eventually. 
Yeah. The other thing on Mendy I've noticed is um, in the last game, there's been a lot of talk that um, Sane, when Sane plays, he brings the width so they don't need Mendy or when Mendy plays, he's so far wide that they don't need Sane. But they played together this game week and, you know, both got great returns. Sane scored and Mendy got the assist to Sane. So um, maybe kind of getting rid of that myth slightly and making you more sure that Mendy's going to start those games. I think it will impact Mendy's positional play, though. Because when, when Sane wasn't there, he obviously was bombing forward and playing like a winger. Didn't see that as much. He obviously is he's still an attacking fullback, but he wasn't quite the, the out-and-out winger that he was without Sane there. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Um, the other thing that's gone kind of unnoticed is Sissy have kept three clean sh- uh, six clean sheets in a row. So, um, yeah, I mean they look defensively pretty pretty solid. Um, so that those are those are healthy points just ticking over if you if you get a City defender. Also, yeah. uh, it seems to have coincided with Laporte playing regular. Um, worth noting because he's I think a little bit cheaper than some of their other defenders. Sorry, what was that, Andy? Um, that run has coincided with Laporte coming into the team and playing regularly. And uh, correct yeah. me if I'm right, I think he's a little bit cheaper than their other defenders. Yeah, Laporte is 5.7 and he's played every Premier League game this season. I've seen I've seen him in a couple of teams, actually, as, a, as a, like a cheaper um, cheaper route in. So, yeah, I just think that Edison as well, 5.7. Mm. Edison too, yeah. Massively regretting getting rid of him. Um, yeah. Mm, might be something to for me to think about and maybe go back on my decision. Is, Tri- um, is Trippier worth keeping for the question? Is he, is he part of Ram? Is it... Well, Ram? I was just looking at... I've, I've got... I've the got, Tram. <laughs> tram. If you add... Tram. If you add uh, Doherty at the moment, I've got Dart or Drat... Nice. <laughs> Working very well. Drat. Drat's not the most positive word in the world. <laughs> some weeks it's drat, some weeks it's dart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got double AR. Oh, Tram, Tram's no. on fire. <laughs> um, with Trippier, what I've noticed is at the start of the season, a lot of people saying, oh, the problem with Spurs fullbacks is that they rotate and you just don't know when they're going to play. That's not been the case with Trippier this season. He's played pretty much every game apart from the first three where he was coming back from the World Cup and wasn't completely fit. You know, he's, he's played the last one, two, three. He's played the last six, um, the full 90. Um, I, I think he's... I, I don't think he rates Aurier as much. I know that might change slightly with Champions League rotation, but I think after Trippier's World Cup, I think he is now the definite first choice. And... Unless he's got a, an injury or he's absolutely exhausted, I think he's going to play. Yeah, he's on set piece as well, so he's got more potent- goals, uh, points potential this season. Yeah. What do you guys reckon, Andy? Do you think he's part of, of Tram or not? <laughs> I, um, I think he is, you know, because one of the big differences, one of the reasons that Alonso scores so many points is that he takes free kicks. And Trippier started doing that now and taking corners as well. I think um, that elevates him 
the same status. Sorry, what was that? Yes. <laughs> I think that... Um, <laughs> I think one of the things that um, that Alonso does that gets him so many points is that last season he scored a lot of free kicks, and Trippier, having had one set pieces, is doing that too, and I think that elevates him to that status. The gutting thing is that that's why we all went with Trent Alexander-Arnold because he was on corners and he was taking free kicks as well. But uh, being dropped out of the team, it just um, just means he's not going to be part of uh, Trama. No, we're going <laughs> to. Let's move on to the the upcoming game review. So first up, Matt, you get the honour this week for coming first in the game weeks. You've got the honour of Brighton Wolves. Well, thank you for that honour. It's a a hell of a game. Um, I guess this is the the Rui Patricio versus uh, Matt Ryan game. So it'd be the big test of the goalkeepers and... Um, which of the four or five goalkeepers is the one to have going forward. Um, and I, I think this is going to be about the defences quite a lot. Brighton at home are quite good um, and have that's where they get most of their points. Wolves um, haven't scored loads of goals in their good form. They just seem to like have quite an organised team and therefore quite hard to score many goals against. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if this ended up nil-nil, but um, I think a single goal either way will probably probably win this one. Um, and as for the danger men going forward, then um, Izquierdo is looking quite good for Brighton. He, he sort of scored their goal um, just yesterday. It deflected um, off uh, Kayal afterwards. Um, and then the Wolves, uh, Jimenez has been on some good form, but they subbed him off this week uh, when they were chasing against Watford. So... Um, I wonder if what uh, Wolves will finally start rotating a bit up front and uh, bring in some of the other play- their, some of the other new signings. Yeah, not just up front, but I think he he started with the same team that he's played every single game since the start of the season. I think it's a Premier League record, um, the same team for nine games. And you, yeah, you do wonder if not just up front, but other areas of the team is he going to start to rotate slightly, mm. just. From- Tiredness, but I think you picked it up a, a few weeks ago, Matt. You said the question is with Wolves: if they go behind, can they come back? Because that hasn't really been a big part of the season so far. They've kind of ground things out or got a one-nil win here or there. But against Watford, they didn't really have an answer. Yeah, I mean, I think they um, they quite like sitting back. I think Moutinho and Neves is their the strongest part of their team, and they're sort of two holding midfielders that just keep it really solid in the middle of the park and keep possession quite well. But I guess if you if you're going for it, then um, I'm not sure they've got that explosive players um, to, to get them get them goals sometimes. But then this might be why they'll try Adama Traore a bit more um, going forward because he's looked really really flashy in bursts. You think, oh my god, he's such a good player. Um, it's just if he can actually have an end product is the question mark. Yeah, and I think Esquiedo, I, I mentioned him a while ago, but now now the fixtures have turned. You're right, he pretty much got that goal, didn't he? Just a couple of unlucky deflections or lucky deflections, however you want to look at it, but definitely an option. The big question mark is whether Glenn Murray's going to be playing in this game, whether concussion is going to keep him out. I mean, I suspect not. There were reports quite quickly that he was out of hospital and that he was all right. But Is there not a concussion requirement where they have to take a week even if they seem okay? Is that now part... 
Is that now a rule? Because I know that was discussed quite a lot. I didn't I don't know. I know if... I mean, it's definitely a rugby thing. I don't know if it's a football thing as well, but I think they're trying to encourage it. Yeah, they're definitely a big focus on it at the moment. Um, he could have a he's he's a big difference for Brighton because Lucardia hasn't really shown enough yet to for anyone to back him or think he's going to be a threat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Brighton so, don't have too many goals in them, but it's it's Esquerdo. Knockart looks a bit better this season, um, but yeah, it's it's Glenn Murray usually uh, who's got the goal threat up, up front. Where is Pascal Gross? Where's he gone? Last last year's hero. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe people have worked out his trick. I don't know what his trick was, but people have worked him out this season or something. Well, he hasn't been playing, I don't think. All right, hang on. Yeah, he's he's got a, a yellow flag, um, and he hasn't played since game week four. Has he just been injured? Yeah. Yeah, one to keep an eye on. If he if he is only a yellow, and if he's it's saying he's got a lack of match fitness, so maybe he's over the injury now. And six point seven, he's dropped to. That's a good price for Pascal Grosch. Yeah. If it gets down to you know six point five, something like that, and with Brighton's fixtures, that's a, a good differential. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Knockhart and um, Iskeda are also quite cheap, five point five and five point nine. So if they do start scoring a couple of goals, and you can usually predict they do quite well at home. Um, then they're not bad differentials to have. Which way do you think this fixture is going to go? So, I I think a draw is the most likely result. Um, I'm not sure who's going to win it, but Wolves are probably still the slightly better team. Um, and so, if they get that first goal, then I, I, which I think is very slightly more likely, then I, I reckon they'll they'll hold on to onto that lead. Okay. Um, next up is Ben with Fulham Bournemouth. Um, so I was completely wrong last week where I, I backed Fulham to beat Cardiff and turn their slide around. Instead, they conceded four goals to Cardiff, which I didn't even know was possible. I was looking at the Cardiff goal scorers. I was like, <laughs> I have no idea who these people are because they haven't scored all season. Um, so I think Fulham are just an awful team. And I think Bournemouth will beat them. Um, I, I think something like 3-1. Shirley scored a good goal, if you guys saw that. Um, but yeah, I think Fulham are just so bad defensively. I'm actually really looking forward to this one with my Bournemouth assets. So I still have Ryan Frazier, Callum Wilson, um, even if Josh King as well. So yeah, I think Bournemouth will beat them. Maybe Fulham will get one. Um, but yeah, I think a Bournemouth win. It's so annoying with Bournemouth at the moment because there's some games where you just don't expect, you know, they're attacking four to get any, get many goals, like away to Watford and they come out and score four. And then at home to Southampton, you know, nothing, nil-nil and a bit of a drab game. Um, it's difficult. And I guess the, the fixtures for Bournemouth are, are about to turn. You know, Fulham away is a great one for fixtures, but then they've got Man United, Arsenal, Man City and Liverpool. Um, and even after that, it doesn't get any better. It's quite a long run of bad fixtures. So, yeah, maybe maybe start start thinking about getting rid of those Bournemouth assets soon. Yeah, but definitely keep for this game. Fulham Fulham's defenders are terrible. Sherlock's definitely. You mentioned he scored a great goal. He's a good option, is he not? He's he's got a few goals now. Yeah, I think I think um, Sherlock Seri. 
um, pretty good. I I have Mitrovic still, who, like Matt said, ticking along. Um, but yeah, I I I fancy um, Bournemouth attackers in this game more than Fulham. I think um I think they had a stat on the match of the day saying that Fulham were amongst the record um, holders for most goals conceded by this time in the season. Yeah, it's like their manager does not even care about defending. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think Bournemouth, Bournemouth attackers are the ones to get in. Um, okay, next up is another easy one for me. Um, Liverpool versus Cardiff. So I think this is the fixture where people are going to have faith in Salah um, as their captain. You know, he's shaken off that injury, scored in the last game. He's always good in a home game. Uh, Cardiff, even though they bounce back against Fulham, uh, still can't defend, conceded two. Um, and although they did well against Spurs away, um, I think that this is a different prospect. I think Liverpool will create more chances. And yeah, I think I think Cardiff are probably going to be the whipping boys this week. Um, I think... One to keep an eye on is Mane's injury. If if he's still out, then Shakiri could be an option. It was a bit weird to see Sturridge start ahead of Firmino, but I, I think, you know, with the international minutes, then maybe it made sense. And they got away with it with a 1-0 win. So I'm sure Firmino will be back in the team now. Um, yeah, I see a Liverpool win. I think this is a big one for Liverpool defenders. And it's a big decision. I know Andy's going to stick with Trent. But for me... I'd want to guarantee that I have a Liverpool defender in this fixture and I'm not sure if I I want to hold on to Trent or if I can switch up to Robertson then maybe that's a sensible choice. What do you reckon, Matt? Yeah, that sounds pretty sound. I mean, the um, midweek fixture, they've got the Champions League again, haven't they, I think, Liverpool. So that might be indicator of who might play then at the weekend because it's, it's time to rotate if you're clocked. Yeah, and it's one to watch out for early transfers as well, isn't it? Because if they're playing in Champions League, you don't want to get someone in and then they get injured. Yeah, it's not a week to do a Duncan, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One to watch for Cardiff, I think, is Josh Murphy. Um, 4.8 million, so he could be a a fifth midfielder. And he's got two goals in his last three. Um, So, you know... Good, fairly decent fixtures coming up after this Liverpool game. Um, got some good home games for sure. And if your fifth midfielder is is injured or not playing, then yeah, he's definitely one to look at. Um, next up is Andy with Southampton Newcastle. Yeah, it's a humdinger. This one isn't it? Real cracker. Um, I see a nil-nil in this game. Um, I mentioned last week that I thought Newcastle defenders would be um, good assets. To... They didn't um, do particularly proud this week. I think that this is going to be the uh, the final test of that. If um, Southampton score against them, then I, complete, I will completely give up that prediction and transfer out all my Newcastle players. Um, but yeah, I think this is a pretty... Uh, like Southampton are not very good going forward, nor are Newcastle. Um, they're both better defending. Southampton managed to keep out the Bournemouth attack this week, which I think is an indicator that Hughes maybe has decided that defence is the place to start building his team and to turn them around. So I, uh, I put it to nil-nil and I would recommend 
bringing in your defenders for this game? There was a stat um, this this game week saying that Southampton are in the top five for shots this season. I think you've got the top four and then just below them is Southampton for number of shots. So maybe if if they keep that up, then things will, you know, it will return to the mean and they'll start performing slightly better in front of goal. I don't think so. That is a long-standing stat that goes back three years and they still haven't fixed it. So I don't really see any reason why they'd fix it this year. Okay, so back in the Newcastle one more time. Yep. Okay, next up, it's Matt with Watford-Huddersfield. So, Watford got a very decent win away at Wolves um, last week. And Huddersfield, I thought, were a little bit unlucky to to lose against Liverpool. um, But they were at home. And I think most of Huddersfield's points, if they do get them, will come at home. So, I suspect that Watford should should win this one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Huddersfield nick a point, but um, I think uh, Watford have looked quite good this season. Um, they had a bit of a bad run, but they might have addressed it in the last week. And Pereira and Decore and Isaac Success, their big players, are, are, are ones to pick, I reckon. Nice nice to see you drop in Isaac Success. <laughs> Your bench player. Was that picked <laughs> up on? Uh, I thought I was subtle. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you said you wouldn't be surprised if Huddersfield got a draw. I know they played well against Liverpool, but I think the problem is getting that ball in the back of the net and seeing Depotra, even St- Mounier when he came on, you know, just swinging and missing and uh, and looking pretty shocking in front of goal. I just, I just don't think they've got enough up front really. So I, I think I'd be fully, fully backing a Watford win. Yeah, I mean that's that that all sounds um, completely correct. I and mean, I'd say the guys in behind, uh, Pritchard, Moy, um, who else they got? They got some other guys, a little bit more talented. That they look like they had the chances to maybe get some goals. Um, and I thought they, I mean, they should have perhaps got a penalty as well against Liverpool, as well as their unfairly disallowed goal. So uh, they're, they're due a bit of luck turning their way. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do get, get on the goal goal, uh, goal score sheet. Did you see everyone's favourite um, 4.5 midfielder, Phil Bills, and his free kick against Liverpool? Yeah, it was close. It was even... about 35 yards out. <laughs> I didn't even know he was on free kicks. Um, he's my bench player. Phil Bills. Legend. Legend. Phil Bills. <laughs> um, okay, next up, it's Ben Leicester-West Ham. Uh, this one's a little bit... Difficult because haven't seen Leicester play yet. Uh, they play tomorrow against Arsenal. I did watch Spurs West Ham and thought West Ham were unlucky not to score. I mean, Arnautovic had two great shots that Larice saved really well. Um, so I might just hedge and say this might be a score draw, like a one-one or two-two. Um, having not seen anything from Leicester this week yet. Bit of a shame about Yarmolenko going off injured for West Ham, though. Yeah. I think he's out. Is he out for the season? Maybe. It looked like an Achilles injury. It looked like he was going to be out for a fair while. Yeah. But I haven't seen the report yet. Um, So someone who came into the team uh, against Spurs was Snodgrass. 5.3 million um, and potentially on set pieces here and there. If he can, you know, now Yarmolenko's out. If he could nail a, a 
slot down in that team, that's a really good price um, for someone who's who's had good seasons before in FPL. Yeah, and West Ham's run is is really good, um, as you know, Duncan. Getting Arnautovic in. Yeah, not not over, not only is it good, but also if it's um, if you can take the last game as an indication of who they're going to replace Yarmolenko with, um, Dian Garner, one of their um, youngsters, I think, um, at four point five, he was the one who came on. I think he scored a goal for them in the Carling Cup and looked pretty good. And he 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 was the man to replace him. So maybe one to keep an eye out for really, really cheap. And if he starts at West Ham, that's that's a great price. Anyone you'd pick out from Leicester? I know it's it's hard having not seen them play yet, but anyone to watch um, this one? Probably just the usual suspects. Jamie Vardy, uh, Madison, which a lot of people have, uh, would be my two picks. Yeah. And then maybe Pereira. Maybe Pereira, if yeah. He's gonna- yeah, if he's going to flit around in the attacking three as well as uh, right back. Okay. Um, next up is is me, and I've got Burnley-Chelsea. Again, I get, um, I think, a fairly easy fixture, a big team and a small team. Um, Burnley were chasing shadows against Man City, completely outclassed, and I think we called that right as the whipping boys. So... Um, Chelsea looks good against United in patches. Um, Sari said that he wants to see them playing more short passes and sticking to their game. Um, so I imagine this is the fixture where they're going to put that into practice. So Burnley might be chasing shadows again. Um, bit of a shame to see Morata up front instead of Giroud. I think they, they look a lot better when Giroud came on. And they look a lot better when Sheru plays with them in general. So I imagine he will be starting this game and Hazard will link up with him a lot better than he could with Morata. Um, yeah, I think it's the same old, same old with Chelsea, really. I think Hazard's the only pick because William and Pedro keep rotating. Um, defensively, I I don't really see anyone apart from Alonso. Um, Burnley, I know Goodmanson had a, a little run of... Um, Form, but I don't think there's anyone really picking up from Burnley at the moment. Um, yeah, fixtures aren't fantastic. Um, they're not awful, but they're not great. Um, so I think, yeah, a win for Chelsea and Hazard is the man to watch. Um, anyone want to comment on that, Andy? What do you reckon, Burnley, Chelsea? Um, yeah, I think you've you've said it. Um, Maybe worth picking out um, Chelsea defenders. I don't see Burnley scoring against Chelsea, so if you've got Chelsea defenders, it's a game to play them too. Um, I I see another a repeat of Burnley's performance this week, to be honest, and another bad loss. Okay, um, Andy, another one for you: Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. What do you reckon to that one? Um. This is an interesting one because Palace, I thought, looked better than I thought they would this week. Um, Zaha, obviously, Zaha was their, their everything going forward. Um, but with Tomkins back, their defence looks stronger than I thought it would be. They, uh, 2-0 looks like a bad scoreline against Everton, but they did concede both of those goals in the last five minutes. Um, and one of them was a complete freak, so um, that's not going to happen again. Um, so I think that Are you um, calling- this is going to be a harder game Sorry? 
Did you just call Cheng Tosin a freak? <laughs> well, him scoring is a pretty freaking thing, <clears throat> I think, yeah. So I don't think they would expect something like that to happen again. Um, so I, uh, I think this is going to be harder for Arsenal than many might suspect based on their respective form, given that it's away as well. Um, I think that we're going to see a lot of Arsenal like trying and trying and trying to score and a lot of Crystal Palace defending, defending, defending. If Arsenal score early, then I think the tough floodgates could open. But if Palace can hold on until the sort of 70th, 80th minute, I think um, could be a real nail biter. So it's quite a difficult one to predict. I um, I, ha- I have Lacazette, who is very valuable, and so I kind of have to play him. Uh, but I don't think I'll be playing. If I had any sort of players that I sometimes had in and sometimes had out for Arsenal, I wouldn't be. I'd be, I'd be leaving them out of this game because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, Wan-Bissaka I'm leaving out as well because it could be a bad loss so <clears throat> really hard one to predict I think on balance I'm going to go for an Arsenal win but I'm not sure whether to say it's going to be a 1-0 in the last minute or whether it's going to be a blowout I I think it, looking at this fixture I think I agree I watched um, Everton versus Palace just now and I was impressed by Tompkins especially and I think you're right they're unlucky to lose 2-0 two, two um, and I don't think Palace are a team who are going to get spanked 5-0 a lot this season. I think they are quite solid and they do keep things quite tight. And because they don't have a lot going forward, they don't really commit too many men forward in attack. So I think if this is a a win for Arsenal, I think it will be a fairly narrow one. Um, I don't see another kind of Fulham away performance from Arsenal. Um, Yeah, I think... We've we've mentioned it um, a couple of weeks in a row now. I think now is the time to get rid of Palace assets. I never really think that Zaha performs very well against the big teams. And I think if people have him in their teams, this is a fixture to get rid of him now because I don't think he's proved it against big teams and they now have, I think, four big teams in a row. Um, so my advice would be to get rid and Wan-Bissaka down, down the bench, second sub or something like that. Next up is Matt with Manu Everton. What do you reckon, Matt? Um, so, I mean, Manu are still languishing in mid-table, so I, I wouldn't say that um, a point at Chelsea uh, has done us too many favours, but we did seem to play a lot better, and it showed signs that at least Marine, players were playing for Mourinho. Um, Mourinho's style is so reactive. It's, it's, it's not like a Klopp or, or Guardiola who have a very set game plan. It's very much about picking off the opposition's like weak points, and I think Everton's weak point is that Silver doesn't do too much on the defence. So I reckon we'll find a way to win, especially if, as at Old Trafford. But someone like Chent Tosin, um, looking to score his hundredth career goal according to Wikipedia, um, could be the could be Manu's undoing this time. And uh, yeah, Chen Chen Tosin aside, are there any real players that you pick up as fancy assets for this game? Um, so, I mean, Richarlison and Sigurdsson behind Tosin, uh, both look quite effective, I think. Uh, so they're, they're still good assets for Everton. For Manu, I don't think there's many ones that you'd pick at the moment. I think Martial, even though he's scored a couple of goals in a row, that's pretty mean the only chances he's had. So he just finished them both. So I don't think that's, uh, stats that suggest a long run of form. Um, Rashford's looking better and better, uh, but, that is usually for England rather than for Man U. So 
I don't know if he's going to be scoring regularly either. So, uh, and Lukaku's massively off form. So, uh, I wouldn't go close to Manu assets just yet until they actually put a run of wins together. There was an interesting bit in the um, Everton Crystal Palace match when when it was clear that Everton weren't going to break through without some changes. They moved Richarlison back to the uh, left wing role he was in previously and brought in Tosin and Calvert Lewin up front. And you wonder if that ex- experiment with Richarlison up front is working or getting the best out of him. Um, he, he got a goal in the, in the first game he started up front, but apart from that, didn't really affect the game. And he looked very ineffective against um, two big centre-halves who gave him some seriously physical challenges, which he didn't really seem up for. Yeah, um, I think that's that's sort of the modern way now of the inverted winger. Uh, they tend to be the ones who get the goals rather than the, the strikers. So if you look at players like Salah and Hazard, uh, Richarlison as well, I think he likes to be able to ghost into the far post or go late into the area. So that suits him more than trying to hold it up and turn um, with his back to goal. Yeah, just maybe a pause for thought before we think he's nailed on as a, a number nine. Um, it's not yet kind of fully proven. But it's a, it's a good thing if he's going to score goals that he sort of reverts back to his wing position, probably. Yeah, true. True might be more effective. Okay. Um, next up is Spurs Man City, and it's the last one. It's one for Ben. Yeah, so um, I did watch Spurs against West Ham. I'm honestly not super impressed with Spurs, especially with, um, I think, with Ericsson and Ali being out. I know Ericsson subbed on late in the West Ham game, so he potentially may be back. Um, I don't think they look great defensively without Vertonghen there, so I actually think Man City will beat them, is my, is my feeling. Um, Man City looking good, um, basically, throughout the season. I think maybe watch Champions League, see how each team gets on. Um, see if it is tiring for some players. Also, Harry Kane also looks kind of out of it. Um, he didn't really do much against West Ham either. So, yeah, I think Man City will beat Spurs. And it may be quite comfortably, actually, like 2-0 is my prediction. Any players you kind of pick out from a fantasy point of view? Well, Man City, you just don't know who Pep is going to play. <clears throat> I think Champions League will be an indicator. So people who start there may not play the next game. So we saw Sterling dropped this weekend. My guess is Raheem plays in Champions League. Um, Mendy looks good defensively. I, I'm guessing Aguero will will start in Champions League and will probably get will get the Spurs game as well because it's on Monday night, so um, more time to recover. Um, Spurs, I don't really like a ton of bits for this game. I may not even I may not start trip here in this game. Actually, I think some of my bench plays might be better. So yeah. I think Man City will win. And you think uh, you think you might play a four point defender instead of Trippier? Is he? Is it that kind of thing? Yeah, I, might, to... I think I'm willing to play Bennett against uh, Brighton over Trippier. Controversial, wow. but yeah, I think. I I mean I really feel Spurs should have conceded against West Ham. They, Loris just made two. Really amazing saves. So, yeah. Yeah. And you think Trippier is worth keeping enough to keep on your bench 
to keep for the fixtures coming up or would you not consider shifting shifting him out no i would i would get rid of him but i have other problems so <laughs> i'm gonna bench him for a week okay um yeah fair enough um next up i think whipping boys um if we just take a vote of hands ben who's your whipping boys for this week i'm actually gonna go burnley Okay. Yeah, you didn't like the look of them against City. No. Shocking. Okay. Andy, what do you reckon? I agree. I think Burnley. Oh, weird. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go for Cardiff against Liverpool. Um I'm going for the home banker. Matt, you've kind of got the deciding vote on a draw or or Burnley. Well, I, I Mr. Sensible as always, I'm gonna go for Cardiff. I think that's the odds on whipping boys. Ah no. Um, is anyone willing to change sides so we can get a, a unanimous or get a, a majority? No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn we'll it, have, okay. We'll have two whipping boys. Two whipping boys, okay. Well, that's that's quite easy. I'm sure one of them will come off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Matt, you get the honour of gut punts this week. After the puntiest punt that nearly came off, which you thought of in about two seconds, which makes it even puntier, who is your punt for this week? The definition of using your gut to, to have a punt. Um, Not sure if gut, probably more your, yeah, two second, you had to pick someone. What was your one again? I can't remember now. <laughs> That's very hard. Who's yours? Um, I'm going to go for uh, Pereira for Watford this week. Um, I thought that was a very nice-looking goal he scored. Um, and I think Watford looked um, quite solid all round. And against Huddersfield, uh, he he could be on for another, another good goal. OK, I think that's a good shout. And, yeah, would you consider bringing him into your team as a, a bit of a differential? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did think about it. I did, did price it up because I've now got a bit of money in the bank. Um, but their fixtures are just a little bit mixed at the moment, so I prefer if he had like a really, really good run. Um, yeah, they've got good fixtures for three games: Huddersfield, Newcastle, and Southampton. But then after that, yeah. not so good. I've been okay. burnt by the uh, Harry Kane for one or two games, and then trying to transfer him out. So yeah, you, you, you prefer players that you you think you can stick around for five games when you transfer them in. Fair enough. Ben, what do you reckon for your gut punt for game week 10? Um, so I think my gut punt will be against Fulham. So I'm not going to choose any of the usual Bournemouth attackers. I'll go with David Brooks. Um, price 5.1. Starts Starting most of the games, playing around 60 minutes. So, yeah, I'll punt on David Brooks getting something against Fulham. Nice one. Okay. Um I think my my next one is pretty punty. Um, I'm going to go for Gerard Delafeu, who started for Watford and, and looked pretty good in this fixture. I think the post-match interview um, with Kapue was saying how good the front two were for Watford in kind of setting the tempo. And I know that Delafeu is kind of really impressed at the start of his careers at clubs and then kind of things have kind of gone off the rails slightly. So he's going to be my gut punt for this week to make an impact. Not not the other striker they had. The other striker they had? Yeah, for Watford. 
I just don't think that's going to be successful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, he's not going to play because I'm sure Troy Deeney will be back. Um, or Andre Gray. Um, Andy, what do you reckon for your gut punt? Well, I think I have to change mine because I was going to say Troy Deeney to make a goal-scoring return against Huddersfield, but I feel like that's a bit damp now after you've said a Watford player. Um, so I might go James Tompkins to score against Arsenal from a corner. That is incredibly plenty. <laughs> it is plenty, but he likes a corner and Arsenal don't. So <laughs> that's my... <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And any comment on your Mitrovic to get sent off punt? I just, I can't believe that he didn't even get a yellow card in that game. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. I think uh, Matt, Matt, Matt cast some kind of spell on the pod and <laughs> it almost came off. Uh, Matt, Matt's hexed the pod. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think um, maybe it's a sign that Mitrovic is maturing and he was just too young at Newcastle. Um, plausibly. Um, I have no explanation for it. He still looks really angry to me. He's just obviously not lashing out the way he or it didn't lash out in this game. Yeah, well, um, one to watch. If he can keep, if he can not get sent off all season, then he's definitely changed his his stripes. Um, next up, we've got clean sheets, and Matt gets the honour again. Who's your first for clean sheets this week? Um, so I think Liverpool will keep a clean sheet against Whipping Boys, Cardiff. Okay, joint Whipping Boys. Yeah, Ben, what do you reckon? Clean sheets. Uh, I will go Chelsea. Okay. Chelsea against Burnley. Yep. I think that's a pretty good one. I'm going to go for Watford against Huddersfield. Andy, what do you reckon? I'm going to go Newcastle against Southampton. Okay. Matt. Southampton against Newcastle. Yep. <laughs> okay. Ben? Hmm. Maybe Brighton or Wolves. Brighton, maybe. Okay. I think the only one, the only other ones left are probably Wolves or Arsenal. So I'm going to go with Wolves because if Glenn Murray is out of this fixture, I think Brighton won't have very much up front. Um, Andy, do you think there's any left? No, I don't. I think um, the rest of the teams that you would have to like back to not score are all pretty good at scoring goals. I don't know. I think maybe Arsenal. I think Palace have definitely struggled to score goals. So I think maybe I'd call out an Arsenal clean sheet. But they are. Or maybe, maybe City against Spurs. Yeah, true. Maybe. Difficult with Spurs playing at home, though. Um, okay, captains and transfers. Matt, I'm going to come to you first. Um, so, I mean, I've said this several weeks, running. I'd love to be able to save a transfer to give myself two for next week. So, I'll be looking to do that. Um, but if I, if, I, if I chicken out again, then it'd be probably to either get Trippier out for Mendy or Mitrovic out for Arnautovic. But he's my player. <laughs> Uh, you just I, try, 
you're just trying to block me now. You're ahead of me. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's just pure pure blocking tactics. Um, you know that never works. It never I, works. I think he he looked really good. Um, he he very very nearly scored a couple of times against uh, Tottenham, and they've got a great line of fixtures coming up. And Mitrovic just seems to be going slightly off the boil. So I am tempted to get him in um, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean that's bold against you know Mitrovic playing against Bournemouth at home. Yeah. Bold choice. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, my first choice at the moment is to try and save a transfer and do two the following week. Um, we've just another round of games to base that decision on and uh, been able to move some cash around the squad if it needs to be. But um, either Mendy, Mendy in for Trippier or, or Arnie in um, for his good run of fixtures. Do you see any option apart from Salah for captaincy this week? Um, I mean, you could go Hazard. Um, I'll have a joint whipping boys. Uh he looks like the sort of player this season that you could stick the captain on every week and it come off most of the time. Yeah, I think that's fair. But you're going to go with Salah, aren't you? Yeah, Salah's, Salah's my captain at the moment. Okay. Ben, what about you, captains and transfers for game week 10? Uh, transfer, I need to get rid of Trent. Unless, unless he doesn't start in Champions League, then maybe I'll try and save in case Klopp plays him against the Cardiff. I'm really looking at the Champions League game to figure out who's going to play long-term for Liverpool. If Trent does play in the Champions League, then I'll probably go um, either Gomez or Lovren. <laughs> Although I really don't want to get Lovren because um, I just don't rate him. But You can't afford Robertson. I can, but I... I want to spend that money elsewhere, I think. Um, I'm looking to upgrade Frazier to Richarlison long-term when Bournemouth fixtures turn bad. <laughs> so I'll probably go... I think Lovren is a little bit more nailed than Gomez. I can't tell. I honestly can't tell. So I'll look at Champions League to figure it out. Um, my bus captain right now is actually Hazard over Salah. I just... I watched Salah against... Um, who do they play again? Huddersfield. He doesn't look. He doesn't look. He doesn't really look like as as good as last year from the eye test. Um, and then my guess is he plays the full ninety in Champions League as well. So I'll probably chicken out and play it safe on Friday. But right now it's on Hazard. Yeah, and, and Liverpool have the have a Saturday game three o'clock kickoff. Rather than you know Spurs and Man City who have to wait until Monday, so they get a bit more rest. So, if he does play the full ninety in Champions League, then that is a consideration. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, um, yeah, I think my transfer this week is is either going to be Trent or Trippier. I think I'm going to be doing the same thing. I'm going to be watching the team sheets in Champions League to see whether Trent plays or whether Lovren plays and just generally keeping an eye out for injuries. Um, I'm looking at Mendy as well. I'm looking at Robertson. Um, I think those those are two that I'd be quite interested in. Obviously, still have an interest in Doherty because um, he's not in my team yet. So I think even though Wolves' fixtures uh, um, stiffen up slightly, um, after this Brighton game, they have Spurs and Arsenal. Following that, they've got Huddersfield and Cardiff. So those are two kind of cracking fixtures to have Doherty in. Um, 
I like, so, I like the rhythm of this pod where every week at the end, Duncan says he would like to have Doherty in his team. Uh, and never gets him in. <laughs> and it never gets him in. <laughs> There's always something else that needs to happen. Always. Um, yeah, so it would be quite nice to get rid of Trepier and just cash in massively. But the question is, what do you do with that cash? I think um, Ben was saying upgrading Bournemouth assets isn't a bad plan. But at the moment... Wilson up front. Um, I've got Arnautovic, Wilson and Aguero. And to be honest, I can't really see any other strikers that I particularly want. Um, I could upgrade to Vardy, but I, he's yet to fully impress me. So um, I, I would even consider getting in Isaac's success and um, going with a massive upgrade for Fraser to, to hopefully get near a bigger hitter in midfield. Um but for the moment, I'm going to dream about Doherty, think about Mendy and, and look at Robertson Champions League. Andy, what, what about you for captains and transfers? Obviously, my captain also Salah. Um, my captain is Hazard, um, which I think you mentioned last week. He's kind of... Uh, don't forget Hazard. It didn't work this week, but I think generally he is a pretty safe captain. Um Transfers. I'm in a bit of a, an awkward situation because the players that I want to bring in don't really match the players that I want to, I want to take out. <laughs> so um, I definitely want to have De Bruyne in my team because nobody else has him and I need to find differentials. So um, I'm looking at who is the, the best player to lose for him. Um, so the sort of had everything sort of worked out well this week, what I'd be looking at is um, making a money-saving transfer this week uh, so that I could De Bruyne in for Fraser the following week. Um, that doesn't look like a, as wise a move as it did before now. Um, Richarlison looked pretty awful this week and I don't, I'm not really sure about him anymore. Um, Rico not playing, Alexander-Arnold not sure anymore. So um, I'm going to watch the Champions League games and if De Bruyne comes back and is amazing, then I'm just going to do Richarlison for De Bruyne, which is a huge upgrade. And on form, I think Spurs is the kind of game that De Bruyne could be a decider on. So that could turn out to be a really great move. Um, If he either plays part of the game or um, doesn't really shine, then I'll probably look at solving my Rico problem for a small upgrade. Somebody who's uh, in the sort of 5 million region and then um, doing the same transfer the following week. So I missed a bit of that. You were saying, thinking about, if you were going to think about Rico, who would you be bringing in? Well, there's where I'm kind of at a loss. I haven't got anybody that I really I look at and think, yeah, that's, that's the player I want to replace Rico with. I could double down or triple down on the, uh, on the Wolves' defence and bring in Bennett. Because um, even after Richarlison for... Um, for De Bruyne, that still leaves with 0.9 to spend. So um, I could upgrade there. Um, alternatively, I could bring in Yedlin, um, but that would be a risk given that Newcastle didn't really do what I thought they would this week. So I haven't really got an answer to that, which is why I'm not doing that definitely this week. I think if you're looking for differentials and thinking about the fixtures coming up, Leicester have great fixtures and Pereira. Uh, you know, close to five million for a defender is a big differential at, at the moment. He'd be someone who'd be quite. Yeah, that's true. I think um, 
players that I didn't, I, I'd never even heard of until you guys said them in the early weeks. Because uh, obviously Pereira scored early on. That that kind of annoys me. I feel like I'm cheating by doing that, but you guys do it all the time, so I probably should think more cynically, shouldn't I? Yeah, definitely. It, it's a game to win. Yeah, it's not shout actually. Not bad shout at all because it's uh, it's less than the point nine million I have to spare. So I could I could upgrade from Rico to Pereira and then have one less Bournemouth player. Rico was going to be on my bench anyway this week, so. What do you guys reckon for Andy's conundrum about Rico, guys? Who would you be bringing in, Ben? Um, yeah, Le- Leicester's a good shout. I'm wondering if does does West Ham have anyone good in defence? No, not, re- not really. Right, even though their fixtures are good. Um, I don't know. I I would also shout one of the cheap Liverpool defenders, like Lovren and Gomez. Are I don't think they're very expensive. Let me check. I think they're around five. Yeah, Lovren's 4.9 and Gomez is 5.1. If one of those actually nails down their spot, I think that's a, that's a cheap cheap way into Liverpool defence. That's a good shout. I don't really believe they're going to, though. Yeah. Like, uh, Alexander Arnold will play the first seven games of the season. I, I don't see any reason. Like, he, the best case scenario for those players, I think, which is the worst for Alexander Arnold, is that they sort of rotate for the rest of the season. Case is that actually. Alexander Arnold just was carrying a nickel or had a cold or something, and that's why he hasn't been playing recently. And he just comes back. I think uh, another option um, at four five, who's a really good option, who's been getting a lot of chances and winning a lot of balls from corners, is Shane Duffy. He's already got two goals this season for Brighton. Um, looked good against Newcastle again, um, involved uh, from corners, um, getting one bonus point as well. So two clean sheets and two. Um, I think he's a good option as well for the long term. Yeah, Johnny. He, he also, looks good, doesn't he? I feel like um, if you want to double up on Wolves, then Johnny's quite a nice attacking player for Wolves um, at four or five. Um, yeah, that's another one I, I I thought about as well. Um, with uh, with Duffy, I feel like you occasionally get players who, um, like they they do they score a couple of goals and do really well for a couple of weeks. People transfer them in after that, but they've missed it by then, and they just never score any points for the rest of the season. I, that's how I feel about Duffy. Yeah, fair enough. I, I don't know. I think Duffy's shown it fairly consistently over the last two seasons that he wins a lot of headers in the box um, from set pieces. So I think with their fixtures and with that kind of knowledge, he's a fairly safe bet for a drip feed of, of points. But he's not exciting. I think Johnny's a great shout. For um, no, I uh, I agree actually. Um, the thing with with Johnny, which is the same thing as when I was looking at Bennett, is that um, the next three fixtures for them don't look great. So if that's the move for Rico, it makes more sense to wait a few weeks to do that and then bring him in after their and like use my transfers in the next three weeks to do something else, uh, which could be KDB, and then bring in. Um, a Wolves defender once they've been through the next three games I think that's probably a good idea yeah get rid of the Arsenal game and the Spurs game okay um, so there's a, a few good options there it's kind of good to chat about those four or five options because it won't be long before they start rising and and becoming unaffordable if they st- stay in those teams um, I off the back of this pod of course yeah yeah based on our, our advice Um <laughs> If you haven't already followed us on, on Twitter, check us out 
at FPL FF Fanatics. Um, get in touch with us on there. It'd be great to hear from you. Um, yeah, I think I've really enjoyed this one, guys. It's been it's been great to chat. Um, so it's going to be goodbye from me, Matt. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Come on, Pereira. <laughs> goodbye from Ben. Bye. Toast God. <laughs> goodbye from Andy. Goodbye, Toast is a troll. <laughs> and goodbye from me. Come on, Delafeu. <laughs>